Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming Wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a VITABRACE gaming wristband, or use the code BUYONE-GET-ONE, and it's buy one, get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50, or buy and the number one, get and the number one, today to get some great deals on some VITABRACE gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. Well, Game of Thrones is still a major part of the pop culture discussion, even after so many weeks now, after the final episode that just aired on HBO. So many people are still talking about it. So many people are still trying to recover from it. And so many people are still dealing with the loss of their favorite show that they counted on for so many years now. And we're going to talk about all these things, plus some of the ideas that could be in place when it comes to the future for Game of Thrones, some ideas for spinoffs and and what have you. And here today to talk to me about what he feels should go on as far as the Game of Thrones universe is a good man indeed. He is one of the hosts, along with his wife, of the Changing Perspectives podcast. You got to catch it today on Apple Podcasts and so many other different podcast outlets. It is a good man indeed. Like I said, ready to talk some Game of Thrones, it is Josh Brennan. Josh, thanks for coming back and talking some Game of Thrones. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I love... Uh, what you're doing, Gerald. I love being on Pop Culture Cosmos. Um, I listened to your episode right after um, the finale aired, and I was there with you guys, hurting like the rest of the world, most of most of the world. You know, to be fair, I think there are a handful of people out there that are okay with the finale. I don't know any of those people, (laughs) but I think there are a few that are okay with it. So I'm happy to be here, Gerald. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I have heard a little bit of positive feedback from it. Actually, my wife was one of those that actually commended the writers and directors and producers responsible for the Game of Thrones. She said, hey, if that's the way they wanted to go out on their series, so be it. She didn't mind at all. I know a few others on social media that I connect with also said the same thing, but the predominant amount of people were kind of disappointed at what I feel was a flat ending for the, the House of the Starks right. that they built as far as uh, the devotion to the Starks and at the very end of the Game of Thrones and how everybody else got kind of pushed aside. 
But you know what? That's okay. I know the story always seemed to center around the Starks, and they're so important to what Game of Thrones is all about. I want to hear your thoughts on how this season for you unfolded and how it ended up. And what are your thoughts? Did it leave it a bad taste or did it leave it okay taste in your mouth or something that you'll always remember in a favorable fashion? Right. So if people aren't too familiar, our specialty on changing perspectives is grief and loss. And we try to um, incorporate as much pop culture and television and movies discussion in that discussion about grief and loss on our podcast. And what comes to mind for me with Game of Thrones is that attachment element, right? So to, to have grief, to be sad about a loss, you have to have attachment. Um, and we all went through this eight year journey, right? 2011, I think is season one um, that opened up there. And there are significant feelings of grief and loss that really makes it all the more disappointing um, if you're not happy with the way it ended. Now, I'm not going to let the um, past few episodes of this, there are some bright points in the season, I, I do have to admit, and all in all, the production design and the camera work and the acting and it, the visuals were all just amazing all throughout all, uh, all, this, all the seasons of Game of Thrones. But overall, you know, I don't want to let it ruin how I feel in general about the show, right? Um, I made a significant investment as a fan, not happy with the way it ended up, but all in all, I, I've, I have to come away going, I still love Game of Thrones and I still love the lore and the character development and how much I was attached to these characters. Right. And were there any in particular favorite moments, episodes or points in time during the course of the run of the game of Thrones that you feel really just stands out as something you'll always treasure and remember. So for me, I have a special place in my heart for, as a fan for the connection of human characters and animal characters. And there's something about the, the, the Game of Thrones lore with the sigils and the, and the animals of the houses that really speak to me as a fan. I love it, the whole connection between the direwolves and the Starks and the dragons and, and the Targaryens. People love animals, right? I think that a lot of us really uh, fell in love with all those wolves and we met them. Think about, we met them all as babies, right? We met the we met the wolves as puppies. We met the dragons as eggs, and they all hatched, and they were these cute little lizards with wings crawling around Danny. It's such a powerful connection. You know, Bran's life initially was saved by his wolf Summer in season one when the assassin tried to take him out. And then you couple the powerful connection of human and animal throughout the Game of Thrones universe, and then we have to deal with the loss of these animals which just hits you right in the feels over and over again. You know, when Sansa loses her wolf lady in season one, and then Arya, Nymeria went missing. And then of course, Grey Wind is one of the, we can't forget Grey Wind, um, Rob's dire wolf was one of the losses at the Red Wedding, right? But you know, that that's what really speaks to me about so, why I love the show so much, I think. And there were some great moments indeed. I still... Love the fact with Arya's revenge on the house that actually was part uh, of the destruction of the Red Wedding and the fact that she personally alone yes. poisoned, what, over 50 members of that house 
and to see the revenge that she had yes. as far as showing them exactly who it was that would that exacted their revenge upon them was just amazing to be seen i thought it was right. a great period in television and very compelling as far as the game of thrones yes. is concerned all these compelling points in time and all these important and all these just truly emotional times when it comes to the roller coaster that fans were taking over the course of all these seasons with the game of thrones it led to a love and affection that so many people have. And obviously so many people were tuned into that final season because of it. Your thoughts on what people need to right. do to cope because now there's that big void in their life. I know some people are trying to connect with new shows. Some people are just, you know, spouting off on social media. Some people are trying to rewatch the show. What kind of advice do you have for people that say, you know what? I'm really just hurting right now because of the loss of my life of new episodes of the Game of Thrones. Everyone is clamoring for more Game of Thrones, right? They want more Westeros, they want more Targaryens and Starks, and they want to hear they want to hear you know nothing, Jon Snow. They wanna they wanna immerse themselves all in back into that world. And the thing is, again, we I'll come back to that attachment and grief and loss. They want more. They wanna remember the thing they love so much and they want more. I personally started listening to the audiobooks. Now, I never read the books before now, and in an effort to deal with my loss of the show, I started the audiobooks right back, you know, on book 1, and I love it. It's 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 replacing that void for me for Game of Thrones as a fan. I will say though, Gerald, it's making what happened in the last episode a little harder to swallow because of how many how many great things are in book one, being reminded of all these amazing story arcs and these character development pieces. I know that people are excited about the prequels. I think the HBO has got some prequels in the works. And HBO just last week released the documentary. I think it's like an hour long documentary about the making of the final season. That looks pretty cool. Well, one of these days, George R.R. Martin has proclaimed that he will finish the books. I mean, that's a proclamation from him. Uh, whether or not it comes to fruition, we'll have to actually wait yes. and see. You spoke of the spinoffs, and I know we'll touch on that here in a minute because I know you've probably got some great ideas on where the show could go from here. The writers for the right. Game of Thrones are actually moving on to an ex uh, into a into the Star Wars universe, and they're responsible for the next Star Wars that you will see coming up in three years, I believe, if memory serves correct. After, of course, what comes up in episode nine, I want to ask you this. Are you more right. excited about a new trilogy of the Star Wars realm that's outside of the Star Wars Skywalker saga, which is going to end in, in episode nine because of the fact that the Game of Thrones writers will be behind it? It's to me, it seems like there's going to be a lot more, uh, you know, intrigue, political savvy and a lot more emotion that could take place because of their experience working with the Game of Thrones? You know what, Gerald? I think that's, um, that's a big question. I'm not entirely sure. You know, I have such a strong connection and love and attachment, is that a word again, attachment to the Star Wars Skywalker epic, right? I grew up, that was a little kid when it, when it first started coming out. And that's such a strong part of my childhood. Now, you know, thinking about the Double D's, having anything to do with extending the Skywalker story makes me a little stressed out uh, to be honest. So, but I love, you know, they're creative, they're creative guys and they've put out a lot of great stuff. 
So them focusing on a different part of the Star Wars universe, I have a little more uh, faith in that they're going to they're put out something that's going to be interesting. I agree with you. I think there is going to be something that a lot of people will enjoy. Hopefully it will go down a different path than what was presented in the well last nine episodes because I think it's time for a change. It's a time for Star Wars to evolve. We're seeing already with the development of The Mandalorian with uh, John Favreau heading up that ship for Disney+. Plus. Plus, we're also as well, just a good change from what we saw before because the last time really someone went out to go ahead and do this and, and actually go ahead and make a new trilogy beyond what the J.J. Abrams trilogy was that started two of the three anyways, instead, uh, you know, also including Rian Johnson, mm-hmm. was George Lucas going ahead and reigniting the fans' excitement, as I remember. But unfortunately, it just happened in a different direction with the disappointment of what, to many anyways, of the prequels. So I am hoping for a different path for the Star Wars universe after Episode Nine. I'm, I'm curious to see where they want to take it from here with all new characters, an all-new environment. Who knows if it's going to take place in the same time frame or some other part of the time frame involved with the Star Wars universe. But I'm curious now that, you know, the writers for the Game of Thrones have had such great experiences over the many years creating all these awesome stories and narratives from the Game of Thrones series and now are going to be able to take that experience, bundle it up and go ahead and be able to spread it out onto a new Star Wars universe coming up in three years. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I love Star Wars. In fact, changing perspectives, we're going to be planning another pop culture death in movie, death in pop culture episode, and I'm going to focus on the Star Wars universe. So we're excited about that. We're trying to pull that together. We're all big fans of Star Wars in this family. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about episode nine. I'm excited about J.J. Abrams coming back <laughs> into the trilogy, and I'm excited about what the Double Ds will, will put out. Well, I'm going to be optimistic, cautiously optimistic, right? And I know you and a lot of other people as well will be cautiously optimistic as far as the future for the Star Wars universe. You know, now that they're in charge of their own trilogy, Rian Johnson also has been given the task to go ahead and create his own trilogy as well. So we'll have to wait and see what comes up from Disney and all those you know factors coming in as far as Lucasfilm and what they're going to create for the Star Wars universe. But you said it, you were talking about what the changing perspectives uh, are going to be doing and in fact, I'm talking to Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast. You got to check out his awesome podcast along with his wife and guest appearances by their kids on the Changing Perspective podcast yep. uh, that's available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and so many other different podcast outlets. One of the things I want to ask, because you also talked about the death in Marvel on a previous episode, which I know affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um now that I think that we can go ahead with into spoiler territory when it comes to Avengers Endgame, and you know there were not only one but two big deaths when it comes to Black Widow and also Iron Man. It, you know, same thing with Game of Thrones as with these two iconic characters that have been a part of the last what over in in Robert Downey Jr.'s case over a decade worth of Marvel films. How do people yes. go ahead and cope? I know on the screen, as far as the upcoming Spider-Man Far From Home, we know Peter Parker's not handling it well, but as far as for people out there, especially Marvel fans, where do we go from here as far as trying to go ahead and connect once again with the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know, that's a good question. I think that the guys over at the MCU and Kevin Feige, and I think 
they, unlike, I think, any other um, creative entity, uh, producing entity out there, they really understand fans, right? So I think that we have to just trust that they've got our best in mind for, for what we want as fans. He said that the MCU is you know, not over. It's just continuing. We've got lots of great stuff coming out on Disney plus. I know my kids are super excited about what's coming out there with the WandaVision and the black widow uh, movie. And then the Hawkeye series, there's so much to do. And then of course we keep hearing great things about guardians three and the fact that there's a good chance we're going to see Chris Hemsworth on, uh, on the, on the ship with, with all those characters as Thor. So that I think we have to just sort of, Lean into the fact that it's not over and you can just sort of get excited about what's coming and then look for look for Disney Plus. I think that's going to help us. You've got Spider-Man Far From Home. The latest trailer is really cool with, with Jake Gyllenhaal. It was just an extended trailer that came out a couple weeks ago that looks really great. And then, of course, you got the, the Disney Plus stuff on the way. And, and I have to shout out, I'm a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Gerald, do you watch that at all? I do periodically. I know Coulson is back, but he's not Coulson. He's obviously a different type of entity that's not familiar with Coulson, but because of the, let's say, a doppelganger type deal as far as it's concerned, it's creating quite yes. a havoc amongst the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point in time. Yes, which is very interesting. I can't wait to see how that plays out. But again, as fans of the MCU, which it's come out multiple times that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in the MCU. Uh, you see every now and then a character crossover. Um, Nick Fury made an appearance a couple of years ago. So um, it's in the MCU. You've got that going on right now. Um, Kevin Feige and all those guys, uh, I don't think are going to let us down. They've got us, they got, they've got us going here. That they do. That they do indeed. Once again, I'm talking to Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast. you got to check out his and his wife's awesome podcast today, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and so many various podcast outlets. You want to go ahead and get an idea of not only just how to cope, but also like like Josh was saying, there's a lot of good pop culture topics that they talk about, but the discussions really go in depth. And if you want something that's very compelling to listen to, check it out today after our show, of course. That's the Changing Perspectives podcast now available on <laughs> yes. all major podcast outlets. Well, Josh, I want to ask you again about Game of Thrones and getting back and circling back into yeah. the Game of Thrones. You know, the series is now over. I know a lot of people are still coming to grips with that, but there's talk of spinoffs that are on the way from the Game of Thrones. I mean, that's something that a lot of people are aware of. Most of them that have been talked about or rumored about have been of the prequel variety. I'm going to start off with my favorite character, and I mentioned her already, Arya. At the very end of Game yes. of Thrones, spoiler, she is heading off the west of Westeros because back earlier in the series, she asked, what is west of Westeros? Which almost sounds like a tongue twister there. And that is, uh, and they t and was told that nobody knows. It's <laughs> right. uncharted. So I would love to see a spinoff featuring her and her adventures going out mm -hmm. into the west of Westeros and the uncharted territory and all that. But before we go into some of the perspective type of spinoffs that are out there, what were your thoughts be on something of the, you know, with Arya in as far as going into her own adventures, or would you just want to go ahead and stay with something with follow Jon Snow or Sansa or, or something else that we already are familiar with within the Game of Thrones universe? 
Well, I am a huge fan of, again, the, the Targaryen lore with the dragons and how there was this point of uh, history in Westeros where dragons ruled, right? Um, and the Targaryens, you know, they, they ruled everywhere. And I, and I, I, I've done a little bit of reading into um, George R. R. Martin's thoughts and his writings about that time in Westeros history. And I'm hoping that the prequels center around that. I think that that's, I think that's almost, confirmed that that's where the prequels are going to center around, which makes me super excited. As far as spinoffs go, you know, not exactly crazy about where Jon Snow ended up. However, some of the the happiest we ever saw Jon Snow in, in the show was when he was beyond the wall with the widelings, hanging out in the snow and the ice. He met his show significant other who actually became his wife. And I, I think that a spinoff showing him and Tormund and and becoming sort of the king beyond the wall. I think that would have been something interesting to see. Um, despite the fact I wasn't happy about where he ultimately ended up, I think that that would be an interesting show uh, spinoff. Jon Snow, king beyond the wall, right? There you go. You've already named it already. You better copyright that before HBO gets it. <laughs> right, right. TM. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Uh, that is a great idea for a spinoff. I, I know a lot of people would obviously check that out, but the actor who plays Jon Snow, he's got he's been going through some some tough times as far as you know. He had to go ahead and check himself into uh, a rehab yeah. because he was so uh, I guess disturbed or overwhelmed by all the emotion and the response to the final episodes of the Game of Thrones. Kit Harrington was so we'll have to wait and see what the future lies for him as far as for anything relating to game of thrones and obviously we see with uh, sansa's character and her future with that series is extremely in doubt because it looks and by all appearances that this will be the final fox related x-men type movie in that series and when disney is going to finally go ahead and readdress the x-men they're going to go ahead and just go into a completely different direction or integrate them somehow into the MCU instead of, of what they're doing with their own X-Men movies. So we'll have to wait to see what goes on there. Right. So we'll probably have another edition or another person playing the character of Jean Grey at some point in time. So she could be available for something going on in the future if they decide to go ahead and spin off her character. Arya, like I mentioned, would be uh, something that I know a lot of people would like to right. follow as well. But when it comes to the spinoffs, I know some of the spinoffs have been talked about as far as being primarily based in a prequel type setting, which I'm not exactly, uh, I don't know. I'm not exactly thrilled with it. It sounds somewhat intriguing. I want you to help sell it to me as far as where can they go as far as the okay. prequels are concerned. I mean, they're not going to go ahead and get Ned Stark back because unless you're going to pay him top dollar when it comes to Sean Bean, you know, I don't think he's coming back to the show or series or a prequel anytime soon unless it's for a guest appearance. But as far as a prequel is concerned, where would you go? What would you delve into? And where do you think it would end eventually lead up? Because if it does deal with a prequel, eventually it will have to finish maybe even sooner than the actual length of the series of the Game of Thrones. Now, we can't forget, I mean, I'm just scratching the surface as far as the books go. 
but we can't forget there's thousands and thousands of years of Westeros history before the characters that we know and love, right? And so I think that that's really what we're going to be focusing on. It was a time of dragons. It was a time of kings where there were seven actual kingdoms, right? And so we say the seven kingdoms are now the six kingdoms, Bran the Broken. But, you know, we've got a time in the history where there were actual seven kingdoms with seven kings and there were there were battles and wars and multiple thrones not just one and again this was the time of, of dragons and dire wolves right so i think it's an exciting thing to think about you have to sort of go you know sort of go with me here go with george rr R. martin there are a couple of prequel books i think he put out i'm not entirely sure i wish i could speak to those but you can do a little google search and wikipedia search to find information about those but i think we had to sort of just have to Go with that, you know, lean into the fact that it's not going to be the characters that we know and love. Maybe there's going to be similar names. We'll have the House of Targaryen and maybe the House of Lannister. But a lot of what some of those folks, actually Bronn's character, the sellsword there, who Tyrion and Jaime have a great relationship with, he talks about how, you know, the House of Lannister is not named Lannister. It's called Casterly Rock. So there used to be a group of folks called the Casterlies. So, so what was the history there? When did the Lannisters come in and um, defeat the Casterlies to take over that area? So there's a whole you know, epic backstory of Westeros that I think is going to be really interesting to delve into. It will be very interesting if that's the case. You're selling me on it more and more uh, like I said, I, I'm still kind of uh, you know, a little bit of apprehension on if it goes into the past because, again, it would have to be a finite amount of time that you give it unless you make it way before the events of Game of Thrones. And that would be something that would you know have to lay out over the course of maybe a three, four, five season run there. But it still should provide a lot of interest if that's the case. And they do come to fruition as far as spinoffs for the Game of Thrones. And I'll just say this. If the Game of Thrones mm -hmm. continues its type of narrative thinking that it did for most of the series and followed the same or pretty much as close to the same type of steps that it took over the course of many its season run, I don't want to say the ending because that seemed to alienate a lot of people. So maybe you want to go mm -hmm. ahead and change things up in that direction. But the you know the main body where, where it seemed to capture the hearts of so many and it, the popularity just grew and grew and grew, I think that that's where you want to go ahead and focus. If you're doing spinoffs, whether it's before or after the events of the Game of Thrones, you want to focus on what went right during that period of time and how that tension and emotion was built over the course of those middle seasons in the Game of Thrones. Do you concur or was it more, are, are you more of an individual that says, you know, season six and seven was the best or, or early on it was the most compelling part of the Game of Thrones? You know what? I am right now a little bit torn. I think that because I'm I'm going back and reading the books or listening to the audiobooks, I really think that seasons one through four were just some of the best television, you know, ever of all time. There was a lot of ep episodes and moments that I liked in the later seasons for sure. But right now, when what comes to mind is the death of Lord Baelish, right? When Sansa and Arya got sort of revenge and there was like a twist and they killed and they punished Lord Baelish, which leads me to what I wanted to, I, I wanted to make a point real quick. And this sort of does tie in 
about when it comes to deaths in the Game of Thrones universe, not only do we lose a lot of beloved characters, but also Game of Thrones, and you had mentioned this earlier when you talked about Arya, we see more than any other show, I think, satisfying deaths, right? We give ourselves permission as fans to go, I really want this person to die. I really want this character to die. And some of those examples are Walder Frey, Joffrey, Ramsay Bolton, the Battle of the Bastards, and of course, Lord Baelish. And Lord Baelish was in the later seasons. So that's that's one of those bright spots in the later seasons when they got revenge on Peter Baelish that I think was was really special to me. But I think special place in my heart for the first four seasons, and it does tie into my current love of the book that I'm reading. So, Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, Dean. And if anybody is going through withdrawals on the Game of Thrones series, just like Josh here, you might want to go ahead and check out the uh, you know the the great series of books that it is based on, mm-hmm. and and go ahead and delve into it. Did you like that last cheeky kind of moment near the end of the the final episode where they mentioned the title of the show? I thought that was a little bit too pandering for me. I thought that was a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, for yeah. such a for such a serious show kind of ended on a bad note with Tyrion actually interacting with individuals, one of which we hadn't seen in quite some time. Right. Exactly. And I really love Samuel Tarly. I love the characters. He's especially beloved in the books too. The actor, John Bradley, I think does a really good job bringing him out of the pages of the book and, and, you know, bringing him alive. I love that character and to have his story arc end on that cheesy moment kind of bummed me out. But, um, but yeah, I agree. It was, it was a little on the nose, little cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little cheeky. I thought, and I thought it was uh, something that they could have done without, but I, I just, they just probably couldn't help getting it in there, but that's how it goes. As far as the game right. of Thrones overall is concerned on that last season, I think a lot of people, you know, were, were had so many high expectations for it. And for a lot of people, it wasn't met, but you know what? Overall, a lot of people can say Mm -hmm. that Game of Thrones was a great experience for them. I want to ask you this, Josh, as far as the series itself, you know, you've expounded on how much you love the show. I know you said you and your wife both have enjoyed it tremendously over the course of the seven seasons that it was on. I want to ask you this. Is the Game of Thrones series as a whole your favorite of all time or where does it sit as far as your Mount mm. Rushmore or your top 10 television series of all time? That is a great question and a tough question. I, I think it's fair to say it's top, top 10. I think maybe even top seven for me, not number one. Um, and it's not, and not, I don't think that's just because of the way the last season went. Again, I think I look at it on on the whole. And I want to mention real quick, I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans that's so beloved in in a satisfying way, right? There's not a lot of shows out there, I feel like, that end in a truly satisfying way. And the one that comes to mind for me, which probably my number one show of all time, is Breaking Bad. Probably my favorite show of all time. And I think it ended in one of the best ways possible. So that's just sort of on a different level for me, but Game of Thrones anyway, top, I think top seven, I think that's fair to say for me. What about you? I'd have to say it's for me, a top 20. For me, there was a lot of high points and a lot of low points. I enjoyed it overall, but 
I know for me, there was parts where I drifted off for whatever reason, but then came back mm. to it. I, I did love season six. I, I surely enjoyed that. Drew me back in. I think that to me was a, especially the way that ended up mm. to me, gained that excitement. And for a lot of people as well, gained that excitement going into season seven. But the end of season, season seven, the last four episodes, I think really did a number on me as far as my overall take on it. And and it did leave a little bit mm. of a bad taste in my mouth overall. But still, you can't fault the success that it had over the course of the many years that it was on because it truly was an exceptional series for so many years. So I won't fault them too much for that, but I will give them a little bit of ding and put it a little bit of a tier lower than than some of the other favorite shows I have over the course of uh, you know the many years I've I've watched television <laughs> since I've actually been sat mm-hmm. down as a kid watching the old black and white television. That that tells you yep. how old I am. But last but not <laughs> least, before we go ahead and head on out, my friend, I've given you promotion. I've put you in charge of HBO. So you're now in charge of HBO programming. All right. Paycheck as well. You know, there you go. Here's the money coming right at you. But along with that, <laughs> you're going to go ahead and set the course for the Game of Thrones series as far as, you know, what direction it's going to go in. So if you sat all the people responsible, the executive producers, the producers, the writers, the directors, whoever is going to be responsible for the Game of Thrones in the future, you sit them down in the boardroom. What are you going to tell them about the direction that you would like to see for the Game of Thrones? That is interesting. And you know what? I think that why it was so successful and why we loved it so much is I think that HBO took their time and were careful and they didn't rush it and they went right along with the books. I mean, they literally brought the books to life. So I think source material is a big piece. I think that's what I would advise the showrunners to do is let's focus on the source material. Let's take a step back and, and try try to have a nice sort of um, balance of how can we bring this source material to life? Because we can't, we can't really forget the genius of R.R. Martin. Now, it's quite annoying that it's taking so long to get these last two books. Hey, listen, he's a genius, uh, and he writes beautiful prose. And I think that's what I would—that's what I would focus on. Let's 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 focus on the source material and see where it's going to and see where it's going to drive us because that's what, what's successful. That's the formula, right? That's correct. That's what got everybody here to liking and enjoying the Game of Thrones in the first place. Once again, I'm on with Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspectives podcast. Before I you know, go ahead again and say where it's located, because you're obviously going to state that as well, why do people need to check out your awesome podcast, the Changing Perspectives podcast? Thanks, Gerald. And We have a lot of fun on the Changing Perspectives podcast. We tackle some tough topics, death, grief, loss, but also parenting as well as uh, health and wellness, pop culture. And we sort of offer a different perspective. We sort of give a a deep dive into some of these topics. And we try to have a little bit of fun doing this. Me and my wife, Jenny. Jenny is a licensed clinical social worker and a therapist and and a writer. She writes a lot of the articles that we base our content on. You can find those on our website. And she's actually 
publishing a lot on a new website called medium.com. They're picking up a lot of her work currently as well. So that's pretty exciting, but it's, we try to keep it light. We try to talk about some tougher stuff. We try to do varied episodes, like a lighter episode and a more serious episode, but the whole time we try to give good advice and hopefully it's, it's fun to listen to. And that is again, the changing perspective podcast. I mentioned Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can actually find the Changing Perspective Podcast. Any other yep. places that you want to recommend people go ahead and check out the Changing Perspectives Podcast? Anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on uh, Stitcher, like you said, Spotify. And again, you can find links to our shows on our own website as well, changingperspectivesblog.com. That is, again, the Changing Perspective Podcast. You got to check it out today. Josh Brennan, it's just been so great talking. Some Game of Thrones, some pop culture, and some other amazing topics yes. as well. You know, I got to get you and your wife back on again to talk pop culture. You're always welcome. You know, if you always want to hit me up, you can always just, if you got that burning issue you want to talk about, about pop culture, and you want to go ahead and relate it on our show, the door is always open to you and your wife when it comes to, you know, what you want to talk about when it comes to pop culture. But yes, I definitely want to get you back on the show as soon as I can in regards to your great opinions, both you and your wife, on the Change of Perspective podcast about your thoughts on the realm of pop culture. How's that sound? Perfect, Gerald. I love it. Love coming on. Your fun show. You, you guys do a nice job. You and Josh, I love listening to you guys. So it's my pleasure, really. Thank you so much. You don't need to say anything nice about Josh. No, 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 no. Just because you two have the same first name, you don't need to say anything <laughs> about him. He, you know, he's, right, he gets right. That, he gets that <laughs> ego. He won't be able to go ahead and, you know, move out of Orange County, you know, where he's based at in California. And just can't do that. Just can't do that. No. Next time he goes to Disneyland, he won't be able to get through the main gate there. So with, you know, if you keep, you know, on giving him compliments. <laughs> Again, this is Josh Brennan from the Changing Perspective Podcast. Check out their awesome podcast today. Josh, it's so great to have you part of the show, part of the program, and also very much a part of the pop culture cosmos. And now for an interview with At Games straight from the ground floor at E3 2019, and they're going to be talking about their Legends Ultimate Arcade. Um, so this is the first connected arcade uh, that we have. We have four pillars that we want to um, that we want to advertise. Uh, the first one is the preloaded games on there. So we have 350 loaded games on there. Uh, these are the retro title games, arcade, console games. Um, that, and right here we're, we're showing the featured games of, of the uh, retro games. So you can try one of the games. Um, choose one that you would like to try. Uh, like Missile Command uses the trackball. Uh, Tempest uses the spinner that we have here. Um, but majority of them will use the... Arcade controls. Okay, uh, let's try. Let's try asteroids. Okay, so uh, you I want can to give a? everyone everything imaginable. Yes. On there. Yeah. So you want to hit A again. All the tools. Yep. And then you want to start. I think you had a push. Uh, you want to add a coin, and then you start. There you go. Oh no. Now we're doing the bottom ups. We're having some meetings. I hope that's all right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so how do you move? Do you, does it so, move or is yeah, it just... Yeah, you move this little rocket. Oh, God, okay. This is where our parents would dream of coming home from school for. <laughs> the playhouse, right? And there's something like... These games aren't going away, you know? Like... Of course. 
it's like a good song, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Right, yeah. right. Because there's a big pickup in people wanting retro games now and Definitely. consoles and stuff like that. Well, it's not just like in gaming. It's it's almost like a, it's not even just a trend. It's now a lifestyle. Like yeah. that retro nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody rocking like the old school Converse. You know what I mean? Like the, the old school, you know, Jordans. Like it is, this it old is, school yeah. isn't just like a trend now. It's become a lifestyle. Ready Player One, Retro Ralph. Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Ready Player One. Like all of these, like all the media facets. It's just like everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's pretty fun. It, it feels like I'm like whitewater rafting. Yeah. <laughs> like hilarious. how like, you like you scare out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's hilarious. I love the thrill. The reference to whitewater. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like my my slide around. I love like um. Ooh. I love like Lander games, so like oh, yeah. the, that's kind of oh, fun. Yeah. That, that uh, this kind actually has Lunar later on. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, we can definitely set that up later. But oh yes. Oh, you got the yeah, high, score. high score. Oh. Always the fun part about playing arcades is coming back and seeing people who beat your scores, or seeing somebody that wasn't able to beat your score. Right, <laughs> right. When you come back a week later, it's reigning champ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my initial for everyone. Yes. Get close up on that right there, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Seen us. Technically history. There you go. Technically. Technically. <laughs> Amazing. You'll be a part of this crowd forever now, <laughs> or the next twenty minutes until yeah. someone beats it. So you can exit out of the game just by hitting menu. Oh, cool. Yeah. What does insert coin mean? Uh, so we we're planning. Well, one okay. So insert coin sometimes uh, you know the game needs a coin. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Right? So awesome. Like insert coin. So like bars can have it as an option, like to have this going on or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like they can actually use it. Consider something like oh, that. Oh, awesome. That's cool. If if, if we have this like at a in, in a home, can you you don't have to do the, use a coin thing? Can you play for free or yeah, is yeah, there okay? Cool. I mean, you, we just play for free, right? So okay. like, this is yeah, still yeah. for the home. Okay. Uh, I'm saying like for the coin thing, some games says these are ROMs, right? Uh, yeah. So they require the coin from back then. Yeah. So we insert that function so like you can insert it's the coin. Yeah. So, like, it's a credit so they can start playing. Okay. All right. Cool. You can teach your children about. Economics and about how they need to spend their money wisely. There you go. Hey, make them to... make them stack quarters like we used to do, right? Exactly. But then, they, but then when they graduate high school, it's actually their their college fund because all the quarters that they spent. Growing yeah, up playing. that's hilarious. There you go. Okay, so the first the first pool I was talking about was yeah. the retro games. Uh, we have a feature section just kind of puts the twelve games more show, but here is the arcade section where we just have a much larger variety of games. Just kind of show quickly what games we support. So it's gonna be really hard to get bored with three hundred and fifty. Right, right. There's a whole lot going on here. Console games are more like Atari, old school Atari consoles. Awesome. You guys have any like Sega stuff on here? We plan to. Um, I think we'll have to work with. I, I'm not. I don't have the exact game list yeah. at the moment. So like, that's always in the plan to add additional content. So yeah. I think probably in the future, like we'll consider adding that. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I know you guys got a lot of Sega retro yeah, stuff too, definitely. as far as consoles go. So the second pillar, pillar that I want to talk about is ArcadeNet. ArcadeNet is a uh, living, breathing kind of environment for users to continue to gather content onto their, mm. the console, the arcade cabinet. Uh, so right now we want to show off the SNK titles that we uh, work with, uh, work with SNK, 
Um, but these are actually all hosted on at game servers at the moment. Cool. Uh, meaning they are streamed to the arcade itself. Neat. They're not loaded directly on here, so we can always continue to add content to arcade. So do you have to have an internet connection to use them? Yes. Okay. For these games, you'll need an internet connection. The, the loaded, preloaded games, you do not need an internet connection. Okay. So these here... I was gonna say, our, our new coffee maker, we just got needs an internet connection. So it's like, every, you know... <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, everything it's... needs a good internet connection. So yes, you do need internet connection for these games. But the, So right now you're seeing like, oh, these are really old games. Why would you need, need internet connection? Yeah. But ArcadeNet, we're going to have more modern games, more high-powered games that won't run directly on the arcade itself. But we'll have the server, the high power server in the cloud, to run the game for you. Oh, and you're no. just watching. The arcade itself is basically just watching a video okay. of the content, and you're just inputting your controls, and we're sending it back to the. Is, is there a certain amount of like megabytes per second that you need to yes, play so, it successfully? Or yeah, we recommend uh, around up to twenty five okay. megabits per second, but the low end like minimal requirements is ten megabits. Per okay. So we got some metal slug on yeah, there. Yeah, metal slugs are one of them. Oh, no way! Oh, my goodness. I cannot tell you. I just spent probably hundreds of hours playing mm -hmm. this. Metal slugs are great. So you can try it. Let me just skip through all these names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was excited about playing Borderlands today, but actually, I get to play Metal Slug. I'm, I haven't played this in so long. This is nostalgia. So for this, uh, C is to insert the coin. Cool. Um, B That's is awesome. to get back to that weird menu. Oh, uh, But A is to shoot, X is jump, Y is the grenade. Okay. Did you ever play Metal Slug, Josh? I did, yeah. You guys can both play. I'll, uh... Oh, can we? Yeah. Oh, please. There you go. Uh, you are, you gotta select your character up top here, and then A. And then A, X, and Oh boy. Oh wait, you're gonna use our grenades. Sorry, no, I was just trying to figure oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. Freedom! <laughs> oh these guys are awesome. These are power-ups. I love those guys. Oh yeah. Wait, how do you do the power-ups? You, you, so you just walk on them. Walk on them and oh. then you get these power-ups and now you have like machine guns. Oh nice. Can we, can we shoot the monkey? Let's see. <laughs> Well, that guy must be on our team. Yeah, he's like a he's like a hobo, but sometimes he's super powerful. Oh, run! No way. Uh oh, okay. Grab him by oh, you can shoot. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Okay. You gonna save this guy? Yeah, he'll help us out. Let's see. Give him some coins. Let's see. Oh, some bananas. Here. Thank you for saving my life. Here's some. Here's some bananas. Shoot. Uh oh, look out for the bombs. Oh no! They got you! They got you! Gary, oh, shoot, 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 shoot! Oh, it's dead. We're good. We're good. Okay, where's that? Oh, some more bombs. Oh, 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 jump over there! Oh, jump over there! Oh, jump over there! Oh, like how the bullets automatically hit the ropes. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at you. This is dangerous, man. I'm gonna play that I can get lost in this game. Okay, anti aircraft. Or anti the support. Oh, we gotta go ahead and get the straight one. 
Thank you. <laughs> that is some good stuff right there. So to exit out of this, it's really easy. Just double tap the menu button. Oh, nice. I like that it's not not just one hit it though, because sometimes people really accidentally hit stuff. Yeah, we're jamming that on feels, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of this. Oh, so like like I said, Arcanet's living and breathing. Uh, we want to eventually have games that players can actually buy on here. So cool. It's kind of like a, an app store, essentially. Neat, a neat. store that people can buy games. Uh, maybe we might have a subscription model type thing so that cool. we'll have a curated list of games that players can uh, how, how often is it going to be updated? Uh, the content? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe like a monthly type basis. Okay, so all right, cool. through those business terms. That yeah. That's awesome. So that's the second pillar. Okay. Okay. Arcade. Okay. First one, loaded games. Second one, arcade. Okay. Third one that's really cool that we like is BYOG. Bring your own game. Okay, cool. And this is what you were kind of alluding to before. And this is where wow. you can have nice. a Steam game. Look at that. Origin, Blizzard. Exactly. Can, so can you... Um, does this have any connectivity for like controllers if someone doesn't want to use the the joysticks yes, or it does okay um, so we're going to have bluetooth capabilities here okay uh, connected to xbox one controller nice uh, because you know some of these games that that you have on your steam library it's not going to map well with a joystick like arcade joystick yeah well some are like specifically yes you know, like fighting games exactly play. um so the one game that we want to load here is cool now is is um can you plug the controller just right in here via USB? Yes, you can as well. Neat. I like that, just straightforward, right right there, easy interface. And then HDMI, you can go out to a projector, it, like it, a big old TV. So the HDMI, I'll explain in a bit. Oh, okay. It doesn't go out to the projector, okay. but I'll explain why we have it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And so that, that dongle right there is like what you guys have for your... Um, you're like Atari kits, right? Yes. The, yeah. This one's called Blast, and this one yeah. I'll explain as well. Ooh, cool. It's kind of all part of the ecosystem of uh, the full pillars. Okay. Yeah. So you want, if you want to try, you can. Sure. Um, so one important thing, this is streaming. Oh, okay. We're streaming this game to the arcade. This is the first for me. Um, because because um, games like these high-end PC games, yeah. they're, they're not able to run directly on the hardware itself. Right? So, okay, can, so there's a... We were talking about this in the... In yeah. The yeah, so we, now we can constantly update the game library. Um, you can bring your own Steam games. This is all through streaming it uh, through our cloud servers. Okay. Wow. This is so cool. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, she's grabbing me. Just a bunch of vaults. Are you, are you Ryu? No. He's Dalton. Oh. So if there are games that you can play online on Steam, will this let you, can you do it through this too? Okay. So like, the way that works is the server has the game on there. Okay. So the server's connecting to Steam and all the back-end online multiplayer. Yeah. So yeah, you can still play online. Oh, perfect. So um, we have a streaming service. Uh, like, you can load Fortnite on there and yeah. just start playing with a bunch of Fortnite. People. How fun. Nice. So, How fun. 
That's what this is Street Fighter on here. Uh, I'll just show you the Steam menu just to show you like, hey, if you were to have, if you had your Steam library and you had a mouse keyboard connected, like this is what you would do to just type in your password. Wonderful, that's so cool. Yeah, so like if you have your Steam. Oh yeah, you play on there too. Launch Steam. Steam users. Oh nice. Look at that. Um, it doesn't get easier than that. There's yeah. your name. There's your so login. You launch, exactly. Launch Steam. Oh cool. Bada bing bada boom. That is so awesome. Just, I like how it just takes you right to the prompt, right to just log in. brings you up because you have to go into the store too, right? To, when yeah, you your log friend, in. your friend yeah. comes on, boom, can come in, log, log, load his games on there. So what about something like, um, like if you're using like a Discord chat, does that, can you run that through here or do you have you to do could, that on a separate? You run it through here, uh, you would have to connect like a microphone, um, you would... We would have to kind of tailor that experience a little bit, yeah. a little bit for Discord. Okay. But right now, if you wanted to run Discord, it'd be kind of awkward. It wouldn't work really well. So that's something we're it's in the pipeline to like figure out what's a good way to support uh, Discord. Oh, that's okay. Because I know like gamers have to use Discord to like to communicate with talk with each other. Yeah. So uh, right now, Discord is in the pipeline, kind of considering like what's the best way to support it. Yeah. Uh, but kind of just off the top of my head, you would need to connect the microphone. Uh, we'll probably have some kind of menu to like log into Discord, etc. Okay. Here's a fun question for you: Is it possible? Could you see someone mapping out to be able to play Fortnite using these controls? So we've uh, I've, I've gotten this question a lot, actually internally as well. We're yeah. Like, hey, how do we do Fortnite? Right. Um, I want. I'm, I'm just wondering. I want to like see people do a challenge where like you know get a, a win. Yeah. You know, with these controls. Um, actually, this does control the mouse. Okay. Um, yeah. So this could be forward, could, backwards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it would be very awkward. To yeah. Do. That's what I want. I want to see would, someone do it. Would you have? Because you need two joysticks, right? For some no, like this one like could, Fortnite. This one can control where you're aiming, and then this yeah. one controls. Oh, oh God. And okay. Shoots and all your. Ah, oh, the reaction it's time. Like, so incredibly hard. All, you know, ramp and then. Yeah. Move, and then. I propose an official challenge out so, there to someone to win Fortnite like that. <laughs> so it'd be really awkward, but it could technically work. Okay. We have discussions, maybe like we'll configure some specific, like specialized joysticks. Yeah. Um, that have the trigger buttons on there. Oh yeah. And little joysticks on top of the joystick. Wow, so wow. I mean, that's something that's kind fine. of like that's fine. talk internally yeah, for to sure. think about. For sure. you know? I like that. I like that you guys are just thinking about that yeah, though. Yeah, it's like how do we support all these games, right? That's yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Okay, so those are the, that was number three. Pillar number three, bring your own game, right? So the fourth one, and you guys kind of talked about is we have these blast dongles, right? These blast dongles already have. Can you take a look at this? These blast dongles, uh, it's just a HDMI dongle. That oh, usually, an HDMI dongle? Yeah, the HDMI dongle that you usually plug into your TV. These are actually already selling at the moment. Okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think so, I've seen, I think I've, I know. Yeah, I got her. So these have about 10, 12 games on there, like Pac-Man, okay. Galaga, etc. Um, and then if you have one of those dongles, you can plug it in here, uh, then use the USB next to it to power it. Okay. And then the controls will be mapped to this blast. And it will cool. show on the screen. Now How you can awesome. play your blast games on the arcade using the arcade. How controls. awesome. So those are the four pillars. Uh, what we call here, we call it uh, Arcade Playlink APL. Neat, neat. So first one will be the preloaded games on here, 350. Second one is ArcadeNet. Third one is BYOG. Wow. And the fourth one is APL Arcade Playlink. Wow. Nice. That's like. Um. So what? What is? I, I read somewhere the price point would be like six hundred dollars. Yes, the price point. Uh, MSRP is five ninety nine. Five ninety nine. Okay. Um, includes this whole package. And then, like, do you have a release date or no? So the release date will be um, 
end of September, I believe. Okay. September, I, believe. I don't have the exact date, but it's in that time frame. Okay, and then like, where would people be able to get a hold of one of these if they? We're still working with the buyers. Right okay. Now. Um, and once that news is available, we'll release like press. Perfect. Neat. All right. Well, this is going to be if you're opening up like a new arcade, or if you're opening up even like I would love to see these in like bars or like yeah. cool things like that. Yeah. I think that this would be all awesome, like awesome, like really cool to see people have you know playing these new games on here, but still getting the experience where. Your friends can stand around and watch you and cheer, you know, behind you. You can play something, you know, shoulder to shoulder on there. This, this thing is awesome. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And... Flopcast.net. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.